I want to talk about neighborliness. Neighborliness doesn't have any sort of connotations other than what it is, is that I'm yours and you're mine and we're siblings under the same God. And we're entitled to the same you know, love and worthiness and value and dignity. And when the sibling, our siblings are suffering and scrounging for crumbs, we are diminished. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith Weekly Devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Happy birthday, Bishop! Oh, come on. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you bet. (laughs) Uh, Your devotion this week is called Exodus which is actually inspired by Joshua chapter 24. And for those who may not be as familiar with the story of Joshua and or the book of Joshua, I'm wondering if you can summarize what was going on and how it inspired this week's message. Okay, here's a short version. Uh, Moses, the great deliverer, dies, and now Joshua is driving the bus and uh, what to do now? Who are we? How does the story continue? How does the exodus uh, move from phase one, that is leaving Egypt, uh, into phase two? You know, how do we literally throw off the bondage of slavery, the literal, literal slavery under the brutality of Pharaoh, and now move into a free land and live as free people every day with God without sort of uh, an oppressor? figure like Pharaoh. What what does freedom mean now in the community as we live? Okay, so you talk about freedom. Can you share more about what your idea of real freedom looks like? Well, yeah, I can. Um, you, you know, but uh, my idea of freedom really is, is it comes from the Bible. So I'm just trying to, you know, sort of stay with those contours. So, so if you come at freedom from what, what St. Paul will ra- later write in a book called Galatians, uh, he, he talks about the gifts of the Spirit, right? The gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. So the presence of the Spirit in our life will look like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, so bondage, right? Um, oppression of any kind will look like the opposite of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what God wants for us is to live as free people, right? In abiding love, joy, peace, etc. Et so, so working backwards from from that, then we look in on other Bible verses that might help us. So. Um, one is is that uh, I mean let's let's talk about really basic ideas. So one basic idea, which is very timely for us right now, is freedom is to live without being in debt. Right. So we're free from debt, free from being debtors, and so that's a that's a word to our family budgets and the way we live with money in 2022. Um, another another uh, freedom is is that uh, there is freedom in service. So this may sound countercognitive to some people, but the more we serve neighbor, uh, the more we are free. We're not in bondage to selfishness, 
right? And self-centeredness. So therefore we serve one another. Um, we know that, uh, you know, again and again, if we are in bondage to deceit um, and live in fear of truth, then we are not free. And, and so Jesus wants to talk to us about knowing truth and truth setting us free, right? This is something that we're, we're working actively against in America right now. We don't want to be able to talk about the truth of our complicated American story. We don't want to say out loud that we've hurt people, that we've stolen labor, that we've stolen personhood, and it has benefited our national identity. We don't want to talk about it, so we're suppressing any conversation about that. And it's actually become a political platform in lots of different states. So we don't talk about we're suppressing the truth. Uh, we don't we don't say that, but we actually are suppressing that truth. It worries me uh, because not only you know not necessarily from a racial standpoint, although that's important. It, it's it's we are creating uh, a culture of deceptiveness and deceit, and that that is worrisome. And so we're becoming enslaved and snared by that. Um, the psalmist wants to talk about free from living in distress in a particular way. If we always live in distress, like, you know, someone has defined life, life is living from one damn thing to the next. That's not living. That's not abundant living. But do we have an abiding relationship with God that holds us steady in the midst of distress? And if we do, the Bible would call that freedom. There are lots of verses about literally letting the, the prisoners go, right? And so any conversation where we're talking about freedom we're actually asking a question of ourselves. Scripture is asking us to answer a question is, what binds you? Fear, anger, contempt, vengeance. Uh, you know, what, what is binding us? Uh, selfishness. You know, and so, so whenever we're talking about freedom, it's not just sort of this happy, clappy kind of thing. Uh, the Bible, these, these verses, these stories want to interrogate us. Uh, and then, but 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 not to lay us low and not to abuse us, right? But to free us, right? You know, you can't, uh, you know, using that image, using an image, you know, you can't just say, "Oh, you're free." You got to talk about the bars that hold you back, mm. right? And so, once we talk about the bars that hold us back, then we can chart a course to freedom. But that is who we were made to be which is free in the trust of God, free in the love of God, free in the love of neighbor. And everything that works against any of that freedom is against God. Well, that's a great segue. I love your line, being dressed in freedom means we don't accept or cooperate with domination or oppression of any kind. And then you go on and say, not for ourselves or for other human beings. And that's the clincher right there, for other human beings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Bishop... Yeah. Right. I'm aware that some Christian circles have a great disregard for the term social justice. What would you yeah. say to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I have a personal viewpoint on this. I don't, I don't like to talk about social justice. I don't like the phrase because it, it sort of sounds like we've added, you know, uh, a room to our house. We've added a room to the gospel house, right? I, I, the way I talk about social justice is there's the gospel. And the gospel has to do with equity. It has to do with freedom. It has to do with uh, uh, brotherhood and sisterhood. It has to do with the human family. So, so social justice for me feels like they were trying to bolt on something additional to Jesus's actual life and teachings. So what I want to talk about is neighborliness, which is what Jesus talked about. 
I want to talk about neighborliness. Neighborliness doesn't have any sort of connotations other than what it is, is that I'm yours and you're mine, and we're siblings under the same God. And we're entitled to the same, you know, love and all of the uh, and worthiness and value and dignity uh, as any other sibling. And when the sibling, our siblings are suffering and scrounging for crumbs, we are diminished. And we can think that we are not being diminished because we are safer, our homes are more glorious, our bank accounts are more robust. Uh, we're actually becoming diminished. We're, the, the corro- there's corrosion happening in our body politic, in our fellowship, et cetera. Look, when Paul starts off his communities and when, um, you know, when they're trying to, to, to sort of make their mark and show their brand difference, if you will, you know, sharing is at the core. Sharing is at the core. And uh, I'm afraid that whenever we're talking about freedom, you know, that's in, that's involved in that. You know, I'm free to share. I want to share. I'm not hindered by fear about what I have or don't have. I want to make sure that siblings, you know, also have. Um, you know, remember, uh, Pharaoh in Egypt, the splendor of Egypt was built on slave labor. And, uh, you know, they did not share wealth. They just, they were abused. People were commodities. And, and, and we have to ask ourselves, you know, is the world very different now? Uh, there's still a commodification of human beings. Look at sex trafficking, uh, the, the uptick in sex trafficking. Uh, we have different names for things now. But when you, when, you know, think about our own beloved state of Georgia. Um, you know, it's built on, you know, Mexican cheap labor. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, you know, out of one side of our mouth, we criticize these men and women who come and, and uh, live amongst us in the shadows and, uh, and who build our houses and, you know, rock our little brats to sleep and mow our lawns and all that sort of stuff. Out of one side of our mouth, we criticize them. Out of the other side of the mouth, we're dependent upon them. Uh, and so these are the hard truths about freedom, uh, which is which has everything to do with equity and has everything to do with human dignity. And so if my brother or sister is diminished and oppressed, you know, the way God's economy works is, is that so am I. And my freedom lies, therefore, in advocating for their freedom. Amen. Well, friends, we'll be right back after a short break. Hi, listeners. This is your producer, Easton Davis, thanking you for listening to Four People. This month, February 2022, is the biggest fundraising month of the year for Path to Shine, an organization of the Diocese of Atlanta. Path to Shine's purpose is to provide academic and social support to encourage children to thrive in school and build self-confidence to achieving their dreams. They accomplish this by mentoring and tutoring children after school. Support this important ministry by giving just $28, $1 for each day in February. You can learn more and give at pathtoshine.org. And now back to Four People. Welcome back to Four People. Bishop, perhaps your most potent point you make and it hits right between the eyes. You wrote, we have internalized slave so well that we can't even identify it. And, um, it, you know, you started talking a little bit uh, about exploitation and what slavery was maybe back in the Exodus and has it changed much. 
And I'm even reminded of the ways that especially white people today can't even fathom what slavery was just 400 years ago. And I'm curious if you can say more about that. Like, what does that mean to you? Well, I think what what I uh, what I mean, um, it's February. A lot of people want to have uh, celebrations and uh, and remember, uh, you know, uh, descendants, African descendants who are in America, who who've, who've done everything that America has asked for and more to become a, a fully embraced uh, citizens. And, and we're talking about that in February, et cetera. Um, one of the things we don't talk about when we're when we're having conversations about race in America is the internalized uh, oppression that that it has come as a result of American chattel slavery. And you know the thing about internalized oppression is is that it it, hap- it has happened both to uh, the white uh, and also to the black, right? So internalized oppression in terms of white is is that uh, in America at least historically is that we've developed a sort of indifference. To human suffering, and Dr. King used to talk about this, and and this has cost cost uh, white brothers and sisters, those in power and uh, in influence. It has cost them, though the though the cost is not as visual uh, as uh, as it as it is on on the black side of the conversation. But anytime that that we stand, uh, you know, uh, with oppression. There's a cost spiritually, emotionally, mentally, mentally, psychically, etc. And and on the other side of the equation, in the black, um, you know, this this notion of unworthiness and the lack of dignity um, and brutality being internalized on the black side of the equation, uh, at least in our country, um, also uh, is corroding our spirits. Uh, and you know we're seeing this in all kinds of terrible manifestations, historical trauma lived out today. And so you know if historical trauma is true for the victim, then there are some aspects of historical trauma, uh, the inflicting of historical trauma that live with those who have been on the oppression side of things. So it is internalized. And I think it, it, uh, it, there's a certain amount of brutality that we've ingested on both sides of the equation. Uh, that we need to to get right. And one of the ways to get that right is to talk about the freedom that God wants for all of us. We are not made to live in guilt and shame for the things that our ancestors have done. And we are not meant to live in guilt and shame and lack of value and dignity for the things that our ancestors endured. God doesn't want that. God wants us to process these things. And the process is very clear. Confession absolution and reconciliation do justice right and so there's an economic component there there's a spiritual component there there's a mental component there um but there's a it's 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 holistic it's slow acting and it takes time what we have done to each other over 400 years we can't undo tomorrow but we can make some progress and you know who's better situated to help to uh, midwife the progress than the people who tend to this book called the Bible and its radical ideas about sisterhood and brotherhood. I mean, we are really better uh, suited, one would argue, I'm arguing, uh, to to tend to these conversations than others. But sometimes we lose our courage to have the difficult conversations uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to, you'll, we'll talk about it at some point down the road, 
uh, an important conversation that Joseph of the Bible uh, has with his brothers who actually sold him into slavery. And there again, you will see the way forward. The way forward is confession, absolution, reconciliation, doing justice, making amends. That's the only way forward for us. Yeah. Um, but if we think we can continue to sweep this stuff you know, under the rug and think that we're going to be healthy, well, that's insane. I agree with everything you just said. And yet I'm also reminded that, you know, there are a lot of people who are condemning the word woke. <laughs> and yeah. and yet, I mean, we are in a season of epiphany, right? And and I know that there <laughs> there sometimes are when someone decides to put on new new lenses through which they see things differently. And I love the lens of freedom. If we can look at life through, okay, who's exploiting what? What is my role? Because I think confession, absolution, reconciliation makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. But when someone doesn't know what to confess because they don't have the proper lenses on, that can be really frustrating. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not and I'm not suggesting as some are that we need to just have, sort of have some sort of national event where we like all sort of take one knee and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I, I think I think that uh, one of the, you know, one step in this regard is to know what is actually happening. So there's an informational piece here. Um, you know, um, you know, who are the people who are in bondage in your midst? How has your community benefited from free labor? How's your community benefit from stolen personhood? I mean, you know, the, the thing about America is America is a fairly young country, right? So you don't have to do that much good historical work to figure out what we're talking about here, right? And the truth of the matter is, is that, it, you know, our system here uh, has been built on free labor and it has generated immense wealth, which has distinguished us as a nation. And the benefits of that stolen labor are still abiding, you know, now. So the, the bottom line I'm, I'm saying here is, is that we've got to do some research. You know, I I'm, I'm happen to be in Birmingham, Alabama today, right? And it would not take me much uh, work or effort to figure out, you know, what uh, uh, centuries of free labor, how that has benefited this particular city or this particular state, right? Um, in my own uh, wonderful state of Georgia, you know, we have uh, we have a, a wonderful little city called Sparta, Georgia. And, and you know, in Sparta, Georgia, it's a beautiful little city that not a lot of people know of uh, in Hancock County, Georgia. And it is apparent. Well, it used to be, you know, one gigantic slave plantation. And the straight line uh, from that until today is, is when you look at the, uh, the disrepair of uh, the school system, the public school system, you know, in Hancock County, in Sparta, Georgia. And you see how the continuation of previous abuses is affecting life outcomes and opportunities for young people today. Uh, they, they, they have been left to rust, like, you know, uh, neglected farm equipment in fields. And, 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 you know, this is easy enough to find out. So what would it be like um, to not sort of have some liturgical kumbaya, but to, 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 uh, to figure out how to improve the quality of life in those places, to figure out how to resource places like the, you know, these that are in our midst today. Um, you know, so the best part about this conversation, as far as I'm concerned, is, is, to, is to, you know, I don't know about woke. I don't use, I don't, I tend not to use trendy words. I tend to like the Bible's lectionary, uh, lexicon rather. And so, you know, I tend to like, 
uh, neighborliness. And so neighborliness is not a passing fancy. It's not politically charged. It comes from the mouth of Jesus. Um, And and I'm going to stick with that. And and so what I want to know is, how is my neighbor diminished? How is my neighbor diminished? And uh, if if I really want the gold star, uh, you know, in what way am I actively or passively, right, consciously or unconsciously, colluding with, you know, that? And then there's the opportunity to make amends. There's the opportunity to make metanoia, to make a, a, a change. There's the opportunity to think differently, you know. But let, let's remember, too, uh, you know, the other part of this pie chart. And that that is we're not just talking about ideas here, right? We're talking about people. And, um, you know, the best way to figure out some of this stuff as it regards people is to close the distance. And so for some of us in 2022, maybe the invitation uh, of this podcast is to go and be in proximity to some of the people you otherwise would never encounter. Get to know them in their humanity. You know, make a pledge to say, hey, I'm going to walk next to this community for the next calendar year and get to know some of those issues. You know, um, there are these stories all around us if we've got eyes to see. Uh, look at the men and the women who stand out outside of Home Depot and Lowe's, uh, you know, every morning uh, looking for labor. Talk to them. You know, I, I was so struck by talking to one gentleman uh, some, some months back who was telling me that he's here scrounging uh, for any kind of labor he can so he can send the majority of that money back uh, to his family in another country. Right. And look, I, I, you know, I don't look at life through rose colored glasses. I understand. I understand that that's a highly nuanced and politically charged conversation. But but can I rest that for a minute and just figure out how to be a human next to another human? There's a higher calling for the Christian here. I mean, we can take we can we can park our boat, you know, in the sort of in the dock of, you know, the trending political conversations. We can do that if we want to. Or we can do what the Bible has said, and that is to look at brother and sister first and foremost, not based on national status, sexual orientation, or race, social economics, but look at them as sibling. And if we do that, you know, it is the contention of Scripture that that is where the opportunity for real change can happen and real worship. Because to worship the Lord in spirit and truth is to love neighbor as self. Amen. <laughs> Bishop, won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> Y'all. Look, let me tell you, I love Fred Rogers, and Fred Rogers had it yeah, right. Yeah, totally. It's, it's as simple okay. as that. I live in a neighborhood. Who's in my neighborhood? Is my neighbor okay? Y'all, thank you so much, Bishop. I hope you have a great rest of your birthday. And friends, we're grateful for you for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week. Thank you.